dong, ding dong. We are recording the MP3 officially. All right, Instagram, we'll see you guys soon. Ending the live video. That's it for that one. So, uh, what's up, man? I'm recording the MP3 audio simultaneously while I'm streaming to uh, Facebook. Well, simultaneously streaming to YouTube, so this is amazing. I got to get in the right state of mind. If, if you're just listening to the audio, we're kind of in flux here while I, while I get my shit together and get ready to move into the live territory so we're going to start streaming on youtube now and there's that our event is starting and uh, we should all right what's going on everybody we should be officially live here um i started my mp3 recording i got a lot of shit going on today i got um, uh, one program just recording the MP3 simultaneously, so I don't have to rip that from the YouTube video anymore. I'm also streaming to YouTube as usual, and I'm simultaneously streaming to Facebook. Hopefully, everything goes well. I'm already pushing the boundaries. I haven't even done a few more shows uh, to make sure that all the glitches are worked out, and I'm already adding more shit to it. So we'll see. It says I'm using 30 to 50 percent of my CPU right now. Eee. All right. Anyway. We're getting through the, the wait screen. I say we go ahead and run that intro. Um, and then we'll start the show. What do you guys say? Oh, before I do that, though, just real quick, let me pop into the YouTube chat and say what's up to everybody. We got the whole crew here, man. Ryan's here, Prototype. We got Beard Booze. Ben, my nephew's here. They were also live on the Instagram thing. Uh, we got Jason, Hotbox Print Studios. The, the core is here. So that's enough for me, guys. Welcome to the show. Let's roll the motherfucking intro, eh? Oh, that's half the intro. Live, 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 live. What's going on, Print Fam? It's your boy, Cam. If you're new, my uh, I guess I want to give you guys a little history. Uh, I'm a screen printer. Been in the industry 10 years, off and on. Uh, have a print shop here in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where I, you know, screen print on a daily basis as well as running a youtube channel and a bunch of other shit so i would just like to welcome you to the show and uh let's get right into it so here is what is happening today on the print life first and foremost we're going to start with our industry and independent shop news from both facebook and sometimes from other sources but today it's just going to be facebook after that we're going to move right into our screen printing topic of the day wherein i'm asking you guys what topic you would like for me to talk about and then i need you to submit that into in the chat right now do at the print life followed by whatever topic you'd like me to uh to riff on and the one that i like best is the one i'm going to do so go ahead and start submitting that or thinking about what you want me to talk about now, and then I'll get to it later. And then after that, we're going to do our Q&A, in which you call into my 800 number. That's 800-806-3518. Hit extension 5 and record your question or your comment, and then we'll play that during the live Q&A portion of this show. Also... Uh, I got to bring this stuff up, man, because I was talking about it on Instagram a little bit ago. But YouTube has changed some things, and it explains why a lot of you guys have not been getting notifications when I post new vlogs or tutorials. And it's because if your videos, doesn't matter what kind of YouTuber you are, if you're not getting a shitload of likes and comments, then YouTube may not even alert the subscribers to your channel. So you guys have decided, hey, I want to subscribe to Cam. 
and then you aren't getting notified, and it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's YouTube, they suck. But to get the notifications, our my videos have to have more likes and comments than any of the other videos in the screen printing in the screen printing space. So, if you make it to the end of this video or right now, whatever, in the comments, just t- just comment print fam. Just go to the comments at the end of this or while it's running, whatever, and then just type in print fam. And then also make sure you punch that like or that thumbs up button, and then this will start getting more momentum for the channel and getting more people notified. We just need the likes in the comments, folks. So go ahead and make that comment print fam right now. Uh, and then just remember to do that on all of my videos, on all my content, and this thing will keep growing and keep moving forward. And I appreciate it ahead of time. Because, uh, you know, y'all don't have to do that stuff. You do it because you care. Thank you in advance. Uh, let's move on to the social media reminders. Follow me at Cam Irvin. That's C-A-M-E-A-R-V-E-N on both Instagram and Twitter. I'll give you a second. Go do that now. And take a sippy sippy. Cheers, everybody. Okay. And then also make sure that you have subscribed to the Print Life podcast on iTunes or Google Play or or whatever other different podcast platforms there are. Throw me a five-star review if you like it, and then say something nice in uh, in the review section. Also, you guys just like, comment, and share my YouTube videos, all of them, even older ones. And don't forget I have playlists. Like If you want to consume the entire 2018 vlog, you can click on that, play all. You can play it from the beginning of 2018 all the way to current. Excuse me. (sighs) Woo! And what else? And you guys already know this, but I'm going to say it again. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for our live video podcast. It's interactive. It's fun. It's a it's a chill zone, and uh, it's just it's just a good time. So make sure you're there. And also, you guys remember this: if you're interested in being on the show, direct message me on Instagram uh, with the topic that you would like to talk about, and uh, we'll get you on the show. We're waiting till we hit a hundred live viewers, and once we get there, uh. I'm going to bring you all in. I'm going to start bringing in the guests, man. And for a while, I was reserving these guest spots for real industry pros. But the more I think about it, it's like, nah, I think I'm going to start bringing other people on. And even uh, I may even bring on guests that want to ask me questions about things live via Skype or whatever. So I think I'm going to be much more lenient with who I bring on. And, and it should help us help this, this thing keep growing and moving forward and getting you guys interacting because that's really the point, man. Uh, and you guys, let me let me know in the chat real quick. I've really been working on my audio. How's the audio sounding? Is it nice and smooth? No clipping? No weird distortion? Let me know in the chat real quick because it's important to me. I've been putting a lot of time and effort into it. Urban Family Vlogs. It's Mige. Mige is starting YouTube channels. My nephews are getting into this thing. Thanks, Mige. Thanks, buddy. We'll get you. We'll get you set up with a. Um, you and Ben, we'll get you guys set up with some vlogging cameras so you can start doing your thing, man. Thanks, Jamie. Audio's sounding good. Things are sounding clear. Yeah, it's about goddamn time. You will see in the vlog that I post on Monday, the weekly vlog about this. This It's, it's looking clean over here. I'm real excited about it. All right, anyway, moving on, man. Let's get into the news, right? We're going to do our independent and industry shop news for today. 
Now, I did no research. I've just I've been slacking in that area in regards to actual industry research. So we're going to just move right in to the uh, Facebook thing. So let's go ahead and do that. Where is it? Right here. So I'm gonna, I got to do some stuff first. I got to type in news, hit search, and the most recent. Okay. So let's start out with some shop news. We're going to start with my dude, Matthew uh, Cavalier. I don't know how to say your last name, but he also has a YouTube channel. And it's it's good, man. He, he just moved out of his house into his very first shop. Matthew, what is... Dude, what is the name? I cannot remember the name of your of your Instagram channel it, or your YouTube channel. It might be Mikey Designs and, or some shit like that. But you guys go check him out on YouTube. But he got a new shop. And dude, this is weird. I'm happy for you. Obviously, congratulations for moving into the new space. That's fucking amazing. Uh, you chose the exact the CMYK color, you know, color palette. I'm using almost exactly the same color palette. We have a little bit different yellow, and the but for the print life software. So, dude, great minds. Uh, we wavelength in here, brother. I'm proud. Good job. Uh, it just makes sense, right? It's the right color combination for this particular industry. It's, it's logical. More so for graphic printing than t-shirt printing, but it's still it's the most logical color choice, in my opinion. But, dude, congratulations on the new shop, Mikey, or Matthew, sorry. Uh, and then everybody head on over there to YouTube, and you can just search Matthew, whatever, Mikey Designs and Silk Screen, and you'll, you'll find his channel. It's a good channel. It's cool, too, because he's been documenting the process of going from one his house to the shop. Uh, Evan Hoffman's got some news responding to this because it was missed. Let me read this. Oh shoot! Oh, because you did it when I didn't do the live stream. Okay, so let's get let's get into this. This is from Evan Hoffman, and he has built himself an exposure unit for his home base shop, and he hopes to have more detailed plans available next week. I swore I did talk about this, but let's go over it again. He just wanted people to see that a DIY LED exposure unit was in fact a a viable and cheaper alternative to the metal halide. Dude, also a lot of the industry, like all the big dogs, they're charging three to five grand for these LED exposure units. I would love to know and definitely let everybody know in the comments of this post how much it costed you all in to do it and how complicated the actual setup was. Because, dude, it looks like you crushed it. Um, I might just make a video on, on doing one of these. If you, if you throw in, I'll tell you what, bro. If you. Can can kind of lay out a game plan. I'll shoot the video and I'll I will be sure to give you credit in the video and we can do kind of like a co video on making one of these things because it's pretty impressive and it looks like it does have a vacuum blanket. It would be a great video to do. So we'll hit me up later on that. Congratulations on it. You did a great job, dude. Are you getting? Okay, so the only difference is like a lot of the industry exposure units are, are hitting exposures in like under a minute. So you're still in the two-minute range, which is still pretty darn good. That's really fast. It's faster than mine. But um, yeah, some of the higher-end ones are busting out like, I don't know, I heard, I've heard is like M&R's is doing like seven-second exposures, but the average is like 30 seconds. Holy shit. But either way, dude, great job on building that. It's amazing. All right, Brian Berry's got some news for me. Um, oh, smart, bro. So he got his compressor soundproofed. It's super quiet while he's printing. It's not driving him crazy in the shop. 
And now he's going to take the leftover material and make a box for the little compressor. But he said it's actually considerably cooler inside. Let me take a look at these photos. So it looks like he just built basically a soundproof room for that thing, man. What did you use? Okay, so the, so it's like a fiberboard. It's called Sound Stop. This is this is titled Blue Ridge Fiberboard. So if you guys are considering, you know, doing some kind of soundproofing, check out Blue Ridge Fiberboard. Apparently, it worked pretty well. Let let us know in the thing in the comments, dude. How soundproof is it? You know what I mean? Ah, shit. How do I get out of this? There we go. But either way, bro, great job. It looks amazing. Uh, Chris Clinton, Shop News. Uh, they have secured a contract to print tour merchandise for 80s rock legend Brett Michaels. And I'm looking at some photographs now, and sure as shit, he's doing it. That is so cool, man. Congratulations, my friend. That's a, that's a good account. Uh, and Jeff Osborne has some very exciting shop news. He went full-time. Oh, good job, dude. Congratulations. It's scary, right? I remember when I first like left my job and went full time into this, I was fucking terrified. Now I can't imagine any other way, but at the time it was the most scariest thing ever. Okay, we got uh our boy Brad Howes here. Uh they just finished their largest order to date and he's pretty psyched about it. Uh they did 512 shirts. Three colors for the gray, two colors for the white t-shirts, and they learned some valuable lessons. Number one, don't be too hard on yourself. I was pissed it took more than one shop day to finish. Yep. When you're a manual printer, dude, things just, they just take a while. Um, Number two, wet on wet printing is faster. Yes, sir, it is. Can be more complicated, but definitely faster. Number three, music is 100% essential to maintaining mental stability. I completely agree. Number four, give yourself breathing room in terms of meeting the deadline. This took me two full shop days. If you consider artwork, screen setup, registration, printing, and folding. Very good, dude. That's sound advice, guys. You got you to gotta pad your turnaround times. You got to. We do it. That's what, I mean, we're on a 10-day standard turnaround, right? Like, just because of that, dude. Because you gotta pad them turnaround times. Jeff Osborne. So Bella and Ken. Anyway, bro. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go back to that. Brad, thank you so much for sharing your shop news. This is the kind of shit that I love to see, you guys. So take a look at what Brad's done and um, kind of model it after that. It's funny. It's humorous. And he, you know, he's reporting on his stuff. It doesn't got to be a brand new uh, piece of equipment purchased to be valuable shop news, in my opinion. Uh, sometimes it's just as much as doing your first large order successfully. And, dude, p- perfect. Thank you so much, Brad. That was great. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Uh-oh, Kevin. Okay, let me get back to that in a second. Jeff Osborne. So Bella and Canvas, super sensitive to burning when put under heat, especially their tri-blends and shit. Anyway, Kevin Bays just got one of those cheap Chinese automatic infrared flash units. And he does have... Okay, this is a question. Ooh, you know, dude, we have such high amps. I don't know what our breaker is on that, but we do not blow blow fuses on. I don't think we're at a 20 amp breaker, but I'd have to check on that. But yeah, dude, that's more of a Q&A thing, so we'll see. All right, this is something from Brian Buffka, and he's been kind of he's been kind of 
helping me out with the industry news. Yeah, I, it's kind of like I can reliably count on him to post something in regards to the industry. So let's see what he's got today. Uh, he says, I talk about this subject regularly so that he thought I might find this article interesting. Uh, I'm going to actually open this thing up and see what we're dealing with here. So you guys are just looking at the Facebook page, but I'm actually looking at the website. This is from ScreenWeb.com. And I'm just going to read it. Fuck it. As many uh, successful print shop owners have learned, adding the hottest special effects to your product offerings allows you to add sizzle to your sales. Sure. It also allows you to add fuckloads of stress. Uh, And then it says in there that they all strive to, like, set themselves, or we all, as printers, are striving to set ourselves apart from ordinary apparel decorators. Um, And that's why we use special effects to kind of hook our clients and stuff. Um, Okay. Okay, well, this whole this isn't even really industry news. It's just a fucking article about special effect printing. And I do agree. Uh, as you get through and you figured out how to print white ink, we're still trying to master water-based printing here in the, the detrimental heat, the oven that is Phoenix, Arizona. So we, we got our own things that we're focusing on. But once you've gotten all that shit pegged down, the next logical step is to bring in new and exciting special effects that will pique the interest of your clients. Even if they ne- – in my opinion, having special effects is amazing. Even if they don't ever actually place an order for them because the markup is too expensive, it seems like when you, when you show your clients all these neat things they can do, for some reason they're just more willing to run with you. I feel like it, it just extends your your portfolio. And even if nobody orders this thing or that thing, they still they trust you more because they know you're capable of doing whatever they want. Even if all that they want is a one-color white print on a black shirt. So thanks for sharing that, bro. This is new, not news. Okay, more questions. Lots of questions. Lots of questions. What's going on? What's going on? Lifters. All right, I think that's it. All right, Jen Jean Larose needs 150 done. He's having himself a delicious. Uh, beer it looks like a Coors I can't Miller while he prints alright guys that's it man I feel like that's all of our shop news for the day so that went well right let's go back to the feed thing here so I just want to thank everybody for submitting your shop news to the Print Life Facebook group that is fucking amazing uh keep doing it if you got news no matter how big or small write write a compelling article you tell us about it, and I'm going to be sure to feature you on the show, man. That's it's fucking fun, bro. I enjoyed it so much. I've had one beer, and I am like, my guts are bubbling. This is crazy. I haven't even had a full beer. I've had like a few sips off of it. Anyway, uh, beer time. Cheers. Moving on. So I am going to do another fashion trend segment. And it's almost always going to be related to streetwear. And then even in more detail, we're going to try to relate streetwear to the screen printing industry with some kind of prints and shit like this. Going to do the best we can. Uh, Today in fashion trends, I want to talk. I'm going to go over this thing really briefly. 
um, about this brand called Still Good. Okay, so Still Good is a streetwear brand, and they just recently released a series of simple screen prints uh, in their lineup, right, in the coming season's lineup. And I'm looking at some of the photographs now, and I'm going to try to verb- audi- uh, verbally describe them. They're boxy, slightly long, heavy cut, standard crew neck t-shirts. Uh, the prints are all. This is almost like a modern minimalist kind of layout. I'm actually really digging the prints. Uh, I'm looking at a red and a white shirt with a small red print in the, in the center on the front, which is very it's, that's very uncommon to see. And then there's some uh, some other single color prints kind of down the front side. Um, looking at some other stuff. It's all like your standard primary color palette, red, royal blue, black, and white. And then I'm looking at the graphic here. It's hyper-geometric, okay? But the thing that, that a couple things caught my eye about this particular release in general from Still Good. Number one, almost modern, simple prints. I love these kind of geometric, modernist type of graphics. They were really, I really loved them in like 2003 to 2010. My original Monument logo was built in this kind of modern geometric thing. So I really like what they did here. Um, And if you can't see it, just check out Still Good, S-T-I-L-L-G-O-O-D, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But it's it's a it's a really cool release. Now the second reason I bring this up is because of what I was talking on last week's episode or last week's podcast, where I was talking about how streetwear has kind of worked its way into it, it is a, it is high fashion now, and the, this company still good as a prime example of that. It is from this dude, and I cannot pronounce his name, but it's Dries Van Noten. But I'm sure I'm saying that's wrong. It's D R I E S Van Noten, Noten, whatever. This Dries, Dries, Dres, I don't know how you say it, is an actual a fashion designer, high fashion, runway type shit. Okay, he, he does the crazy cut and sew stuff, and, and he's kind of a trendsetter. And this particular person who also has a brand called Dries, like his first name, right? Just like Paul Mitchell or whatever the fuck, decided the streetwear was so relevant that he needed to do a secondary brand and and title is still good he needed to get into the streetwear game and it just further cements the fact that streetwear is here to stay which means the state the staple the standard t-shirt print the screen print is going to be and will be for i think a long time to come a high fashion item Right, and you're going to see all these different things. You're going to see different trends coming and going. They may go back to the big all-over prints. They may go away to the tiniest, almost non-existent um, print somewhere hidden on the T-shirt. You never know what's going to happen, but you're, I believe that we're going to continue to see um, some interesting print projects come up from these different brands. And if you're uh, somebody like me who got into screen printing because you wanted to print for other brands, didn't give a shit about printing for the contractor down the street. Uh, then I think the future is bright for this kind of, um, what do you call it? I don't know, these homebrew type of screen print jobs. There's a name for us. What are, what are we? We're uh, fucking, I don't know, dude. Not for contract printers, but for printers that are doing things manually and just doing really cool stuff. I think that there's room for all of us to really make a name for ourselves in the screen printing world. Dude, what are they called? There's a name for it when you're small. You're, you're kind of like a studio. 
they use the term a lot in the backpacking industry for like backpacks that are made in um any fu- anyway you get the idea dude there's a lot of room for us in that and i'm really excited about it and it's just fun to keep your your finger on the pulse of streetwear in general right uh some other things that i saw like you know the, the streetwear industry is crazy like supreme it just did a release of fucking like mason jars with supreme embossed in the actual glass it's crazy uh, they're also doing a Supreme is also doing a collaboration with with Lee Quinios. I don't I don't know how to say his last name. I'm horrible with that kind of stuff. But he's the guy from um, from Wild Style, the original graffiti artist. So it's kind of cool that Supreme's bringing that guy back and doing a cool collaboration with him. There's a lot of graphic printing going on, man. You can see it at, from everyone. Primitive skateboards. They're doing a release with Dragon Ball Z, and they got a fuckload of screen prints going on in their lineup. Uh, you know, it just it gives me confidence in the future of screen printing, right? Man, I know that digital is coming, and digital is going to be the main source for printed apparel. It's going it's the reality of this world. I think it will be the main source, but it doesn't mean that uh, the other little shops there's not a place for us because at some point it's going to get to where eh, I don't want that digital shit. I want that hand. I want that hand printed goodness. Right, and I think a lot of these brands are going to really be striving for that, uh, just to give them more authenticity to their brand. I think. Who knows? Now I'm just making predictions. Those they can be wildly uh, inaccurate. Um, who else? That's pretty much it. But that was the main thing I wanted to talk about in today's fashion thing. And thanks to Hype Beast for the news articles and shit like that. I think that's it. So let's go ahead and move on to the uh, business topic of the day. And y'all know what I wanted to do today. I wanted you to submit the business topic in the chat. I'm going to go through, check them out, and I'm going to make a decision on what topic I want to talk about. So I'm going to go to the top here. And you needed to do at the print life. That needs to be uh, the print life webcast catchphrase. Squeegees down, feet up. I like that. That is pretty good. Squeegees down, feet up. Very good, very good. Uh, this is from Jamie. She says, please discuss how to guide your customers in a decision on artwork. Okay, that could be a good one. Let's see who else is in here. Oh, we got some more shop news. Let's throw this out real quick. From Inking Zinc, American Screen Printing Association did a write-up on the shop. Check it out, ASPA.com. Featured article on the left at the top is about yours truly, Inking Zinc. Congratulations, man. Uh, the American Screen Printing Association did an article on you. That's so cool. Congrats. Very, very, very cool. Not really shop news. Elevation sign at the Print Life Boutique. Not a boutique, dude, but that's close. Yes, it's not a boutique, though. It's um, cottage. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're called cottage shop. Cottage companies. So a cottage... That, thank you, dude. You saying that brought me right back into it. So... Then the the phrase that kind of defines a smaller independent shop that is manufacturing goods to some sort of like production level, but not to that high level where you know where you're doing millions of dollars a year in, in production or whatever, are called cottage shops, which is what the majority of us are in this particular thing, right? We're, co- we're cottage, 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 cottage. Say cottage one more time, cottage. So that's what it was. Supreme is whack. Yeah. I bet you'd love to have you a piece of it, though. If you're into streetwear, 
you want a, you want something from Supreme. It's just the reality. Maybe whack, maybe not. I mean, it's overhyped for sure. But if you know, if you're into that world, you want something from it, whether you think it's whack or not. And that's an undeniable fact. Um, artisan, possibly. I could I could use artisan as well. But yeah, anyway. Okay, so no print topics for today, man. Uh, well, that's awesome. So let's just go back up to Jamie. I think Jamie was the one that had the thing. So I'm going to see if... Okay, so in today's screen printing topic... topic. Oh, sorry, Gigi. You okay? My dog's underneath the desk here. We're going to talk about guiding your customers in a decision on artwork. Um, it's actually... A gigantic pain in the ass to to get your clients from the point where they're either bringing you an idea or they're bringing you like half finished artwork. It's amazing when they bring you something that's ready to go, right? Uh, and we've really been pushing to get more clients like that that have their own artwork. But a lot of the times, especially when you're starting out, part of the reason they come to you is because you're a designer as well as a printer, and you might even be offering them design services for free. Who the fuck knows? But nonetheless. You're having to create some kind of artwork, uh, present it to them, and then inevitably, when you're doing design with a client, they have 1.5 million revisions that they want to make, and they never seem to actually make a decision and say, we like that. Now, it could be because you're not the best at design. It could be because you're a great designer and you're just giving them too many good options. It could be just that they're being pains in the asses. Uh, what I have found is a lot of clients, if you're, whether you're the designer or they hire someone else, they want to feel like they're part of the design process. And it's more common if they don't have design skills themselves. They will make revisions just for the sake of making a revision. Even if they loved the first iteration that you gave them. So it is first and foremost up to you as the printer or the designer to let them know that they have a limited amount of revisions until they have to pay for it again. So most designers will do something like this. Um, you'll, you're gonna, they hire you. They give you what they want. The designers often, many designers will require some kind of reference material uh, and some kind of written description of what the client wants. Uh, from there, most designers will give quick thumbnail sketches. This is where you literally just make sketches. You can do it in Illustrator or on a piece of paper that gives general layout ideas. They'll do anywhere between four to ten of these to show the customer, uh, and then the customer can pick whatever, three to five of those that they would like to see samples, actual design samples of. From there, most designers will do those five samples, right? Um, and they'll show them to the client, in which case the client has up to but no more than three revisions. So they can say, well, I like this one, but I'd like to see you change this. I possibly like this one. I'd like to see you change this, and I'd like this one. I'd like to see now they got two left. You do the changes, you show it to them. They got one left. You do the changes, you show it to them. After that, if they want any more revisions, they can either say, okay, this is good. Let's run with it, or, and it's you, you charging them, by the hour and you're charging them a very high hourly rate i would say if you do any design work period you're charging i mean and this is you're charging 50 bucks an hour minimum so again after that third revision and you let them know from the jump from the from the gate every time you have to go back and make a change after the third one 
you're charging them 50 bucks an hour, one hour minimum. And this will, in most cases, first off, prevent them from just continuously making changes with you, which they all do. Uh, and then um, it'll get you paid if you do have to do it. Another thing that I have found to be a major issue when it comes to artwork is just the goddamn mock-ups. And here's why. And, and I'm sure every one of you guys have experienced something very similar. And even just thinking about it and talking about it gets some blood boiling. Because clients, and this is not their fault, but they believe that what they're looking at at this digital mock-up that you've provided is going to be the final print. They believe that if it looks this however wide on this digital mock-up, that that is how wide it will print. We expect, and this is why I built the software, and this was I specify this all the time. The mock-ups are, and I tell them this, Keep in mind, mock-ups are for reference only. If you have a particular size that you want this graphic printed at, printed at, I need you to tell me it in inches. If you have a certain distance you want this printed from the collar, you need to tell me this in instance, in inches. We actually, it's a, they have to tell me. We won't pick for them. Now, we will state something like this. They're like, I don't know, you, uh, use your best judgment, and I will always verbally tell them, okay, our standard print width is 10 inches, so let's go ahead and print this at 10 inches wide. Is that okay with you? And they'll say yes, okay? And then you put 10 inches on the soft on the invoice, setting that in stone. And then I'll always tell them. And we typically go on shorter, short, wide images, uh, 3.5 inches down from the seam of the collar. On taller images, we'll go 2.5 down. And then I'll go, is 3.5 okay for this particular graphic? And they'll say yes. And now I got a verbal agreement. Good. So now... You've set it in stone with an actual measurement, not a visual representation on a mock-up. Uh, and if you just leave it to the mock-up, what ends up happening is you show them, they, they pull, they, you made the print, you did it, they grab the extra large out of the shirt, and the, the graphic looks a little bit smaller than they were expecting because on the mock-up it, it looks a little bit bigger you know, on the mock-up. So now they're pissed because it's not at the size of the print that, that they that they wanted right which was represented by this mock-up you have to be very careful with mock-ups and you need to always tell them look the mock-up is for reference only for general placement and for general print colors do not use this when it comes to actual print size reference that's what we i mean we do it on everything i built my whole invoicing system um because of how often that kind of shit would happen uh, so now we define our, our print width. We, we, do, uh, we define how far down we're printing it. We define the locations. We define everything. And then we reiterate all that stuff with them before we take payment from them. You'll see, yeah, yeah, dude. Like our shop, the, the software just fixes a lot of that stuff. But um, hopefully that helps. I'm trying to think what other art issues. The bottlenecks, those are the two big ones. And, oh, yeah, man, one of the worst ones. And this one, there's just we haven't been able to figure out a way around it. Ultimately, what we tell them now is we'll, we'll do a mock-up on one shirt color because we offer the clients the, the ability to add multiple. You know, They can add 16 different shirt colors if they want to. As long as we don't have to change the print color, we're happy to do it. But a lot of times what happens is they want a mock-up on every one of those fucking colors. And so we just tell them from the gate, we will only do a mock-up on one of the colors. We're not going to mock up all these different colors and send you 15 different files for all your different garments. You're going to get one. Uh, that's another bottleneck that you, uh, you need to nip in the butt. And that is the ultimate lesson when it comes to art. You have to predict all the client, all the things the clients are going to want. And then you have to lay out a script that you read down or read through every single time, setting all the expectations up in advance. 
That way they don't pull any fast shit on you. Because if you don't set it up in advance, they're going to pull something over on you. It's just the way they get down. That's it, man. That's the business topic of the day. That, uh, that was fun. I felt more like a Q&A. It, that's the thing. When I don't... When I ask you guys to give it to give me a topic of the day, it ends up feeling like part of the Q&A. Hopefully you guys have made some calls into the hotline because we're moving on to the Q&A portion of the show. It's 6.40 p.m., so we've been doing this for about 40 minutes. Uh, I don't know why I've got this sneaking suspicion that no one called in, but let's go to um, my hotline and see what we got. We got fucking one, dude. Okay, so you guys are failing. Uh, this is going to be a short show, so let's go ahead and run through this. Let's go ahead and play this thing. Hey, Cam. I'm just starting the uh, business of printing T-shirts, and I've had a rough time understanding the how, how to price the T-shirts. Um, okay. I've tried using the the Ryanet Excel sheet that they give us yeah. online. Things tricky. Um, I've talked to a couple of local shops and even a friend that's been in the industry for a while. Um, but the prices seem like they they range from like um, three dollars to like eighteen dollars. So just wanted to see what your yeah. First off, there is no. This is why screen printing is so infuriating. There is no industry standard for pricing. There's so much competition, and it's all based on location and all these other things. So it's like fucking... It's an infuriating fact of the industry. Anyway, moving on. Thoughts were about where I could get... If there's a resource online or somewhere where, you know, these prices, uh, the price range makes sense. All right, thanks. Um, because, okay, so yeah, your your uh, you know your question is what all of our question is is how to properly price our screen prints, and I'll be honest with you, dude. Uh, unless you have like a degree a degree in business and you understand the nuance of actually setting up pr- pricing, you know, based on what your margins need to be, uh, you're gonna struggle with it because we all do. You know, most of us have set our price plan based on our our closest competition, and then we usually. You know, knock off 5% from their price, and that's how we build our pricing structure. Y'all know who you are. We've all done it that way. Um, And it is, dude, it's a huge mistake. But the problem is, especially with screen printing, screen printing is is a funny thing because we have all these brackets based on quantities, based on volumes, based on the cost of the garment. We have all these things, which makes it extremely complicated to have a a one and done pricing structure. Um, I do feel like I've I've looked through all the options. I saw Ryanette's thing, which is really cool because it's a cost plus pricing, but it's so dynamic and you have to go through and manually set up so many different things that it's just, it's hard to do it, right? It's hard to use it that way. Um, I am considering putting something like that in our software where, where where myself, I can choose between the two different ones. But ultimately what you need to do is, well, before I go into that, there is 
this thing called the five buckets and i i shout this guy out all the time you know he, he's done a lot of really cool things for me in terms of interviews and stuff like that so i figure why the hell not but he does this thing called the five buckets and i and i have been i've i keep meaning to dive into it and because i don't fully understand how it works but the premise is is that you to truly be able to price your screen prints properly you have to do it like you know based on the impression the idea of all these colors and stuff it actually complicates the process of pricing your jobs uh, now, I don't know how it all works out, but you I would say if you want to look for a resource to come up with a logical way to price your shit, I would start with the five buckets by Marshall Atkinson. Just look at Atkinson Consulting, www.atkinsonconsulting.com or whatever. Start there. Um, the way the one of the ways that I've always priced my stuff out, though, is understanding my cost per day. So you, you add up all your expenses, blah, 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 right? however much that is in a given month, even your salaries and all that stuff. And then you divide it by how many working days you have in the week. So for us, it's like we work 20 days a week or 20 a week. Yeah, 20 days a week. That is physically possible too. It's, it's possible. We work 20 days a month. And so I know what my date like is. So considering the fact that we work five days out or 20 days out of the month, I know what it costs, what we have to make in those five days a week, 20 days a month, uh, to be able to cover our expenses. Now, of course, we want to cover our expenses plus a profit, right? So you can figure out what your day cost is. This is one way. And then you can go through each bracket, you know, your 12 to 24, 12 to 23, your 24 to 36 or whatever, to 35, your 36 to 72, and so on and so forth, and add your percentage markups to that so you know what your day is you just whatever you do fucking you add your percentage markup to that and that's a good way to know um what you need to make in a given day to do it now the again this is where i i just i don't have an answer for you um because of the colors right so each each color has a different bracket right so you need to make more you need a little bit you need to increase your percentage a little bit for each color. This is where the pricing thing becomes a goddamn problem. But ultimately, you just need to know what it costs you every single day and what you need to make, and then you can add percentages to that, and that's where you can kind of figure out how much you should be pricing out a 12-piece single-color job versus a 12-piece six-color job, right? And you can figure out what you need to do at 36 pieces. But it, it takes a lot of calculating. You're sitting there on the calculator for each fucking bracket. It's a nightmare. Good news. We're, we're going to have that traditional method of shit in the, in the software. But after we launch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to introduce a secondary method of pricing that does bring in more of a cost plus or a cost per impression kind of thing based on percentages in each quantity, which should make it easier at the very least just to adjust your pricing. So we're hoping to bring in a couple different methods in the print shop. Each shop can choose which way they want to go about pricing it. Uh, circling back around, I because I didn't answer your question there, or barely, hit up Atkinson Consulting check out the five buckets do the worksheet i'm going to be doing one as well um because i wanna and because it's super important but i just haven't done it yet because i've been taking a break from youtube and part of my whole thing was i wanted to document the process so that i could answer all of y'all i could answer this question for all of you guys through a video so i'll be doing that uh, maybe in the next couple of months but until then check it out for yourselves atkinson consulting and that was it for the q a man i think that's pretty much it Okay, now we got some more calls came through. So let's go ahead and play the next one. 
Hey, Cam, this is uh, Chris calling from Freshly Pressed Printing in Canada. Love what you're doing. Love the uh, vlogs. Love the live show. Uh, Thanks, Chris. That's, that's amazing to hear, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. I'm just curious as to what you do um, in your shop um, with regards to, I guess, flow of information to employees and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm using Trello. Yeah. Um, which is an online program, just sort of management to see what sort of spots my job is in, whether it's mm-hmm. waiting for artwork approval or waiting to order product or yeah. um, stuff like that. I'm just kind of curious to know what you're doing, um, you know, in that information so you can track your jobs and so that your staff know what's going on and what to expect and what they can do. Yeah. Um, any help would be great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- we do a couple of things. So Trello is beautiful, and f- surprisingly enough, when I built my dashboard, my shop management system, I, I, I built it because I needed columns and I wanted what I call job cards. So that's what I built. Um, so we use custom software that I've built myself, which I will be releasing in the next five months to all of you guys for a, hopefully a very affordable monthly price. Um, and it will be literally free, 99 for anybody who's doing uh, four four jobs in a month, so so you if you're four jobs or less, it's going to be free for you. But anyway, I'm releasing this thing, and um, it utilizes something very similar to Trello. So we have columns, and each column is like an ultimate status. I used to have six columns, but I've trimmed it down to four, and within those four, you can filter down to the different statuses. But we have the design column, we have the uh, garment ordered column, the print production column, and then the shipping column. And each one of these has three, uh, between three and one different like filters, right? So you can, uh, I can actually show you. That might be the better way to do this. Let me make sure that I'm still live, guys. Am I still live before I dive into this thing? And Jamie, thank you so much for the super chat. Um, coming through in a pinch. Thank you so much. Yeah, because my uh, my YouTube uh, has not been paying because I haven't been posting, so that helps a lot. Thank you so much, Jamie. Uh, we're still good, right? It is like Loveline, set for screen printing. As long as nobody uh, calls up and um, proclaims their undying love for me personally, then we're going to keep it going that way. So everybody loves me so much. Everybody loves everybody in this thing. Good. Everything's going well. What was I talking about? Oh, yes. So that's the way that I manage my shop. And I put a lot of extreme automated features into this system uh, and just in regards to email blasts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I do I, I found Trello shortly after, and I did find a lot of really cool things that Trello offers. Uh, and just luckily enough, I, I'm, I kind of built mine after it. Let me show you. Um, I think there's a way to fucking do a web page here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to show you the back end of our main shop here. Uh, Let me see. Damn it. If you're listening, this isn't going to be as useful, but if you're not listening, then this might be helpful. So the old system was basically... A you know a bunch of cards here right and each one of these cards has a status we have assigned designer da 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 generate mockups mockup approval garments ordered print production ship deliver pickup right this is the old system but there were too many columns and I felt like some of them were 
things would come and go so quickly that it just wasn't necessary and I couldn't put all the information in there that I wanted. But ultimately, you can see it's very similar to Trello, right? Gives all the basic information you need, garment count, that kind of shit. Uh, you can assign it to different designers, printers, or presses, whatever, whatever, however you want your shop to function. Uh, and it tells you the status right here. The newer one... Oh, shit. Did I bookmark this? We, I just, I just got a... Um, I just had the developer sent me the newer dashboard. The new dashboard is is more streamlined than this. This was like an old method of doing it, but it's ultimately exactly like a Trello card, dude. And uh, in my personal opinion, it's the best way to go. Fuck a calendar. Uh, and if you're using Trello already, I think it's a great solution, dude. I think it's probably the best method for job management because you can create cards for each job. The crappy part with Trello is unless you get a custom inter- integration, you have to manually enter all of that information for each job right and and you what i learned early on was having to enter information even just two different times creates enough margin for error that you're inevitably going to have screw-ups every now and then so another part of this system was the fact that the client inputs all the information and i never have to input another thing again that was the whole premise of my shop management system and uh so far so good it's working very well I'll tell you what, dude. Head over to theprintlife.com. Put your information into the thing, and you'll be notified when the new software releases or when we run campaigns. Uh, It sounds to me like this system would be right up your alley. So head on over there, sign up for the newsletter, and you'll be notified as uh, we progress. Estimated another four months till this software officially launches, so we're doing well. I will also be running a Kickstarter campaign for it as well. But anyway, thank you for the call. Kind of just gave me an opportunity to plug my software, but it is. I built my own custom software, and that's how I manage stuff. Thank you for calling in, by the way, brother. Hey, Cam. Hey, Print Life. What up? Jason from Sprint Co. What up, Jason? Thank you for calling in finally, dude. I was just curious on do you charge <clears throat> art fees when you're separating a multicolor job? And what was the outcome with that flash? And you, know, you said it wasn't working in one of the videos. Uh, thanks for everything you do, and see y'all later. Right on, bro. Thank you so much for calling in, Jason. Um, okay, so first off, the flash. It's back working, dude. I, I cover it in the vlog that I'll be posting on Monday, but yes, it's back up and working. I think it just got overheated. Jesse said that he was doing this thing where he was like, click, 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 and, he, and the little motion sensor kept clicking off and on. And he thinks that that might have just fucking shorted something out. I don't know. I'm concerned with it, though. I, I don't, I'm hesitant to put any more trust in it until we're able to run through it a little bit longer. But when I would put my hands on it, it was super hot to the touch. So more than likely, some shit in there is starting to melt, like I said in the first video, with this kind of cheaply made crap. They don't seem to isolate the heating elements enough from the circuitry to where it prevents this kind of thing from happening. So I don't know. It's not looking good. I don't trust it. Not to the um, not with the amount of time that we've put on that particular thing. I know it's going to burn out at some point. It's just how long. Um in regards to what the fuck was the first p- part of the goddamn question? Hey Cam, hey Friend Life Co. I was just curious on do you charge art fees? Oh yes. Okay. Uh so this was in regards to art fees. So yes, for the longest time I would uh, but part of 
my whole thing. So yes, we technically do charge art fees, but they're built into the price. So the new shop system, basically, or not the new shop, my old system, the system I have right now, we had a place where we could put um, art fees and screen setup fees in it, right? If you wanted to charge, you could select anywhere from zero dollars to fifteen dollars per color, right? Or what? anywhere in between. You could charge $100 per color if you want. Uh, right now, we charge very little. I think we charge $10 per location. I can't remember. I just changed it a little bit ago. So yes, we do, but it's automatically built into the thing. Uh, and that's, that's, that's really all you need to do. I don't think that you need to tell your customer that you're charging for them. You can build them right into your pricing structure. Uh, or, you know, before you give them the quote, you just go ahead and add $15 per color or whatever you want to do, however you want to do that. You don't need to tell them about setup fees because it's just kind of in vogue right now to not charge those fees. You can still charge for them, but you pretend like you're not. Just like Custom Inc. offers free shipping, but you'll notice that you have to enter your zip code in before they'll give you a price. It's because it's adjusting it accordingly, and it's rolling the shipping right into that final cost, right? You just got to pretend like you're giving it to them for free. Just tell them, no, yeah, yeah, we don't charge screen fees, but really you've rolled it into your pricing, dude. That's it, man. It's all I've ever done. That's the way I'm going to continue to do it. Anyway, thank you so much for calling in, Jason. That was a good question, good question. Hey, Cam. Um, I was calling because I wanted to know if you had any advice on training new people in screen printing. And then when you start to run into problems like damaged shirts or anything or um, the press not printing right and stuff. So whatever you can offer. Dude, good question, bro. And it's it's a question that I can't fully answer. Thank you for calling in, first of all. Because I suck at it, dude. Like, I'm... I'm, uh, I don't know. I I remember working in in different construction jobs and stuff like that, and I just remember busting my ass. And I always told myself, dude, when I'm a boss and if I have employees that just suck or that they're just lazy, I'm not even going to tell them they're doing a bad job. I'm just going to fire them. I remember telling myself that. And then when I got into it for myself, it's like you build a connection with these people and you don't want to – I personally don't want to be a fucking asshole. So sometimes I hold my tongue in places that I shouldn't. It's my fault. And then sometimes I blow up in areas that I absolutely shouldn't. Uh, and, and that's definitely not the right way to train your people or anything like that. When it comes to training, dude, I got totally off track. Hang on. What the fuck just happened there? Play this. Hey, Cam. Um, I was calling because I wanted to know if you had any advice on training new people in screen printing. Yeah. Okay, so when it comes to training them, now I um, have, I had, and I do not implement it anymore, I had this whole like checklist, right? I had this system where they would come in if they were a new hire. I tried to hire people without experience. And they would. This was when we had a bunch of people running around. They would start folding. And once they, while they were folding, they were to assist the printer. They would help them do things, grab screens and stuff like that. And what would end, what would happen was that they were watching how the printer got down, right? And they start building up this tension, like, oh, I could do that too, which is what you want. And then when they got promoted to to being a loader, I would train them on loading before everything else. So the printer would still be doing all the printing, all the hard labor. And that way this new hire could focus solely on loading because at the end of the day, that requires the biggest knack of all of them, right? Being able to load efficiently 
straight takes time. So I want I would set it up to where they had to learn how to load before they were getting their head wrapped around doing setups and all that kind of stuff. Once they were actually capable of loading, and most of the guys have been trading this way. Jesse, Alex, well, those are the main two. Uh, Corey came out. Right anyway, those two guys, that's kind of how they got trained. They loaded first. Once they were able to load efficiently, then they moved on to printing. And once they were able to print, then they learned setup. Uh, I believe that you need to spend quite a bit of time with the load. Once they're confident in the load, everything else is pretty simple. But a lot of the times, new printers, you'll find that they have the most crooked fucking prints, the most crooked loads. Everything is off-center. So they need time with that. Um, And that's how I would do it. Catching and folding, loading, printing, and then setup. And you need to give them time on each area. What you don't want to do... In any end, I don't care if you're a screen printer or a fucking web developer, what you don't want to do is overload them. You want to give them ample time to get one area down packed, right? And then even after they're doing setup, then you're teaching them to burn and all this kind of stuff. But you just don't want to overload them. And then that way they will actually become proficient in each, in each area. So, but the problem with this method is it doesn't solve immediate problems like if you just need help with printing then you unfortunately have to hire somebody that already knows how to screen print and you bring them in and i've done this as well and they have all these fucking bad habits right because screen printers are kind of inherently lazy they're all creatives like us and um they're in they're they're just they're not going to be busting ass and they're going to come with all these weird habits and some of them might be extremely messy and there's just a lot of things so it's better to train someone from the beginning uh that's that. And then in regards to, like, if I'm assuming when you ask that, it's like if a screen printer messes up a print, right, or they do something wrong, uh, how do you hold them accountable for it? I have honestly never figured that out, dude. Um, I mean, I love all the guys that I've had work with me. So, and, and you know, they all struggle financially just like all of us do. So it's really, it's really hard for me to withhold their paycheck. But this is what I do know, though. If you are going to enact something like that, it needs to you need to have their consent in writing. So if you're planning on like let's say they do a misprint, uh, and like maybe you can have a three strike rule, they get two misprints on the house, but on the third one, if they misprint three fucking jobs like in a certain amount of time, uh, they're gonna have to print it off the clock or some shit like that. As far as I know, and I've never enacted this, I've never been in trouble for it, but I'm pretty sure you need to have it in writing that they understand that that is going to be the situation. That way, when they try to sue you for working them off the thing, it's like, well, no, I had them, they were very much aware of this. You know, uh, but I've, I've never tried any of it. My guys have done it a few times, basically just built on loyalty to me because they felt bad for fucking up shit. And they, so they've done it off the clock just to be good guys. But I've never really had to enforce it. But that's what I would do. I would create an employee policy, and part of that policy, which they sign when they first get hired, is like a three-strike rule, something like that. But you can't just chart. Like, it's illegal as fuck to, ha- if they misprint something, and like withhold the cost of the garments out of their check, right? Or make them owe you. You cannot do that unless it's in writing. Even then, I don't think you can do that. You know? You'd have to look into that further, but definitely don't do some shit like that. Uh, I think there was some other stuff in it as well here. Let me see. And then when you start to run into problems like damaged shirts or anything or um, the press. Uh Uh-oh, cannot open. Did the thing just end? Hang on. 
And for anyone who's just joining in while I'm making sure that we're still going, are we still live? I hope it didn't just cut off because the message cut. Uh, but if you're just joining in, thank you for coming in about an hour late, but you're here nonetheless, so thank you for that. Uh, and we're just doing the Q&A portion where you call in to the 800 number, hit extension 5, and then you leave your message and I'm answering it. Are we still live, guys? Let me know. Let me know in the chat here real quick. Andy, dude, I'm glad you're here, brother. Demon's here. Uh, uh, who else is hanging out here? Yeah, are we live, guys? Let me know. We live. Okay, good. All right, moving on, dude. Thank you for calling in. Uh, I truly appreciate it. Let me refresh this thing. See who else we got here. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I appreciate it a lot. Hopefully that answered your question. It's the best I could do. We love you to the all right. I love you too, Ben and Mize. Those are my nephews calling in. Thanks, guys. Uh, hopefully everything is going well for you over there. Uh, Print fam in the chat, say what's up to Ben and Mige in the chat for me. Tell them, uh, I don't know, wish them happy day, happy week. Tell them to do good in school, some, sh- you know, some shit like that. Thanks for calling in, guys. Uh, okay, and this is the last call. What's up, Cam? It's Grizzly Wheeler. Up, hey, man, I wanted to get the uh, rundown on the review of the flash dryer you picked up mm-hmm. off the Internet because I noticed in your video the other day it looked like it might have broke down, Yeah, and I was considering maybe picking one up. Let me know uh, what you think of it so far. Thanks, man. Later. Yeah, and I just addressed this a little bit ago, and I do I quickly address it in the, in the, the vlog that I'm releasing on fucking um, next Monday. But, yeah, it, it cut. That was weird. It cut out. Stopped working, unplugged it, let it cool down, plugged it back in, and it started running again. So so far so good, but I you know I'm not putting trust in it. I've definitely haven't thrown out my old flash. I still have the Vastex one. That's a workhorse, is tried and true. But dude, for 500 bucks, I don't think you'll regret it. Especially if it's just like a backup to what you already have, or like a second flash, right? That you're not going to be using as often. But we've been running it on every day, and it does. It does seem like it has a tendency to overheat. I don't trust it. Not completely. But, dude, for 500 bucks, we've already gotten our um, our worth, like our money's worth out of it. And I just wanted to see if an automatic flash was the way to go, and it is. I will never go back to the old traditional quartz type of thing, dude. Like, I have to have that auto on-off feature now. I, I, you know. So... Everyone just try one, dude. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to eventually break down on you for sure. I, I would not give it more than a year. That's probably all you'll get out of it. Uh, so, But then you look at that cost and you look at some of the other ones. I saw a thing with Ryanet or Rock or whoever. They were releasing a sub-$2,000 automatic flash. But I, I haven't checked up with them recently. But I think... Um, I think it should be out there by now. Let me go look real quick. Screenprinting.com. Let's just shout them out. .com. Sponsor, sponsorship pending. They fucking better sponsor me pretty soon, dude. I need sponsorship from them. Um, I'm just I'm looking on their thing, man, because I did see a, f- a thing for them not too long ago where they were releasing some kind of like automatic flash, but and but it was for the manual industry, but then like it never came to fruition. Hmm. 
maybe it's just not out yet, man. Or maybe it was maybe it was in a dream. And it wasn't by Rock, it was by Riley Rock. So it wasn't like a Rock exclusive item. I don't know, man. You guys, you may want to reach out to them about that. But I think that that's another option. I think it was sub $2,000 and it would work on a manual press, right? Uh, I just think all of these other flashes should just be done. They should all, they should all be quartz. They should all have fucking auto on off switches, and then that's just it, dude. That's just it. Yeah, like look, this eighteen by eighteen, two twenty watt, twenty amp, just a hunk of junk. I mean, this is not five hundred dollars, nine hundred. Yeah, dude, it's the best way to go. Anyway, that's it. Move. Uh, I'm gonna refresh this one more time. See if there's any more questions. Which this is okay. That's it, guys. So we're gonna go ahead and delete all these messages. Thank you to everybody who called in. Uh, this is a lot more fun to be able to listen to the questions, and it's a lot easier because I don't have to fucking sort through the chat. Now, briefly, I am going to just go through the chat here and see if I missed anything. Thank you to everybody that has given me the super chat. Jamie, that was hugely appreciated. Uh-oh, Freshly Pressed Printing just hooked me up with a super chat. Actually, they did it a while ago. I only just caught it. Thank you so much, guys, for that. Helps a lot, man. Every little bit helps. Um, You guys... I'm gonna do. I'm gonna plug the the, the shop management software again really quickly. Uh, it is on its way. I am going to be running another Kickstarter campaign for basically half the amount. We're gonna be trying to to raise about ten or eleven grand. That will get the final little the final over the hump that I need to get this thing done. But development is fully underway. Uh, we estimate four months, but you know, in the world of development, it's probably gonna still be five or six months from now. But we're still pushing for the four month deadline. Um, you are going to need, uh, for this first run, and it'll probably be this way for a year, you're going to need a WordPress site, a WordPress website to utilize our software. You're going to need it. Also, just as a side note, to fully maximize the potential of the shop management system, you're going to want to have an account with SNS Activeware, um, and you're going to need... Um, what the f- I can't remember the shipping company. I'll, t- I'll, p- I'll update you guys more on that. And then Stripe Payment Processing along with PayJunction. I use PayJunction because they give me the best rates, but also it will be integrated with Stripe. So, But those are the things you're going to need to fully utilize it. And to, to fully wield the power of this system, SNS Activeware is where it's at. And you'll see. I'm not releasing all that information now, but I'm just telling you, get set up with SNS. Start getting them accounts set up, and uh, you'll, you'll be very happy. Uh, and then last but not least, if you made it this far, if you're still here on the video, when this thing ends, man, go right to it and hit that like button, hit that share button, and and in the comments, just write, Print Fam was here. Just go in there and write, Print Fam was here. Everybody, all of you guys, man, just leave the comments. We need the comments and we need the likes for, for YouTube to start uh, to, to stand up and take note of all this stuff that we're doing. So I appreciate that. And also to all of you guys, make sure to hit the like and, and leave a comment in all of the vlogs and stuff as well. Uh, and remember, we go live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, is there anything else? No, I think that's it, Print Fam. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Peace out, ladies and gentlemen.
Super happy with it.